welcome to the Dear Sparrows podcast. We are in week six of our Unveiled Life series, uh, just kind of covering the new book Unveiled, which came out about a month ago, and just going through week by week, uncovering the different pieces of this book, and just kind of doing a slight overview of what the book goes in depth about. So this week we are talking about baggage. Oh, fun. <laughs> so I have this little joke, and I, I love puns. I'm a very punny person in real life. And I, I've had this joke for a while. A few years ago, I got this old vintage um, suitcase. And in the suitcase, and this will sound a little corny, but it means something to me. So, and I like sharing things like this. So in the suitcase, I place kind of like hope chest things. And they're things that one day I will give my future husband probably on our wedding day, hopefully, we'll see, um, and just little cute things that I've, I've collected over the years, and my joke, my joke, of course, is that it'll be the only baggage that I bring into our marriage, and of course, that is a very lofty joke, um, but in earnest, that's, that's honestly my heart. I want to, I know that I'm a flawed human being, and I know that I will bring in things that are not super pretty and shiny and great, but my hope is to work through things enough on my own that um, the main luggage I'll bring in will, well, main baggage I'll bring in will be that. And so that's kind of the joke behind it. Um, but it's also a great little place to, to store cute little things that I'm holding on to. But that kind of was a catalyst jump off for chapter six. So chapter six is on baggage and, and kind of working through that baggage. And so throughout there, um, if you have the book, it's great to go along with it. Or if you don't have the book and you'd like to get it, it's available on Amazon. Um, but we kind of go through things. So I have this imagery. I work very well with imagery. And I think a lot of people do. I think when we are trying to unpack or unveil things, if you will, that going through the imagery of items can help us dig a little bit deeper to deeper understand ourselves and it doesn't seem as lofty because when you say okay well let's unpack your baggage well, where do you even start from that I mean you you know start back well November 4th 1992 no like that's that would be way too much to go back all through the years of your life. But when we compartmentalize things, it can be a little bit easier. So I give the imagery and there's, of course, a picture of um, a little suitcase that uh, one of my youth kids did, which was really great. But the first thing we have is toiletry bag. So these are things that you cover up things in here. I have makeup, band-aids, things that cover up hurt. So these are ways, these are coping mechanisms that we use to just totally cover up ourselves. So a lot of this is humor. Um, a lot of really morbidly depressed people or even people who are just a little depressed, they use humor to uh, work through what they're really feeling. And I think um, it was once said that within every joke, there's there's a hint of truth. And I think that is very accurate. You know, if you're joking about death a lot, there's, there's probably something going on in inner, you know, inward that you're struggling with wanting to be alive. And, and that's not to say that, you know, all humor's in that way, but um, a toiletry bag in that are those little things that we do the subtle idiosyncrasies to cover up what our real feelings are. And that really can be hard, but those are things that we need to acknowledge. And those are the little surface things because we use 
those coping mechanism as surface things. And that doesn't just have to be humor. It can be eating. It can be excessively working out. It can be a, a variance of things that we use to cover up the pain that we have. But when we start, if we really want to unpack it, we have to remove that out and stop hiding behind that. We have to stop using those band-aids or those concealers to hide from what we're really feeling and dealing with. Um, the next part I have is shoes. Um, and I say these boots are made for walking and that's just what they'll do. But these are things that can walk out pretty easily. They're things that the chips we hold on our shoulders, petty grudges or things that we just really, it's easier to release, right? And it's easier to just let go of. And so those are things that are probably not as big of a deal as they need to be. So maybe, maybe you were mad that, you know, someone got a promotion and you didn't or something like that. Those are things that you can just kind of let go of a little bit more easily, but you still need to unpack them because the problem is if you let it fester, it is going to bottle up inside you and you're going to become bitter. And that's really what happens with things that when we keep covering them up, when we keep pushing them down, when we keep shoving them into the luggage of our lives, when we let it fester like that, it's going to become bitter. That's how, you know, that unresolved feeling comes. And so the next thing is heavy coats. And that that represents deeper pains. This could be the loss of something um, or someone very important. This could be those really deep wounds that we don't always want to talk about. But if we really want to walk into the new spring of our lives, then we have to rid ourselves of those heavy coats that are truly weighing us down. And those can be so much heavier than we realize. And and so in the book, it, it goes a lot more in depth about really removing those deep hurts and these deep pains and, and looking at them square in the face and not just hiding them and not just carrying them around. Those weigh us down. Those become... That's what makes us heavy laden, you know? And um, and then there's shirts. Those are kind of the most vulnerable because that's going to be what is covering our nakedness. That's the highest level of shame and rawness that we carry. And those can be things like eating disorders or self-harm that we just, we really put on us. Um, they can cover the deepest pains of abuse or loss or devastation. And those are things that we, you know, they are directly covering our skin right? Those are the innermost and deepest points. So the heavy coat is going to be something heavy that's weighing us down and we're wearing, but underneath that, what is the most vulnerable that is hurting us and and, weigh, and hiding our innermost being, right? And so with all that said, there's, there's that whole metaphor of the clothing that we carry around in our baggage. And, and then you have to unpack that, you have to acknowledge it. But then what do you do after acknowledging it? What, how do you get rid of it? And so not many people are super familiar with the concept of inner healing. But inner healing um, really comes from John 5, where it's talking about Jesus goes and there's a story of all of the people near the pool. And so during this time, there had been miracles that occurred where at some time or another, an angel had appeared in this pool in Bethesda and somebody received a healing, which was really cool. But these people would just, they would literally just lay there all the time waiting for water to spring up. And then if you were the first to get into the water, then then you were thought to, you know, be able to be healed. And so Jesus walks up into this 
And I, I kind of view it as um, almost like a nursing home type thing, you know, or maybe something like that for people who are not elderly. Um, and so there's this guy and he's been sitting there for years and years and years. And Jesus starts talking to him. And so he's, he's lame. He can't walk. And so Jesus says, do you want to get well? And, and that's an interesting question because obviously this guy is laying there. He can't walk. So what, you know, paraplegic person do you know that, you know, you'd even say, well, do you want to get well? But Jesus asks this for a very specific reason because he has to want this to happen. So he says, do you want to get well? And the guy just sits there and he's like, yeah. But he has come into a place where he has been so used to living in such a way and so conformed to living in such a way that that has become his identity. His identity is the guy who can't walk, who sits by the pool. That's his life. That's his world. And so we have to acknowledge that we live in the same way. If we are walking around with bitterness or things that are weighing us down or hurting us, we're doing that. Where we let that become our identity. Maybe you... You know, if you're tired of being perpetually single, you put on your identity. No, I'm the single sad person. You've made and you've walked into that agreement. That's who you are. But Jesus is walking and he's he's busting through those walls. And he's saying, no, I'm going to unpack this. I'm going to open up the suitcase and pour it out. Do you want this or not? I'm not just going to hand it to you. You have to want it. And so the guy says, yes, I want it. So then Jesus says instantly, get up, pick up your mat, get, pick up your mat and walk. And so he was made well and began to walk. So Jesus doesn't just instantly heal him. And that, that is a big thing because it wasn't that Jesus couldn't, but Jesus wanted to see that the man wanted it. And so in the same way, that's kind of how inner healing is going to work. And so counseling is really great, but counseling at times can become part of an identity or lifestyle where you're just kind of continuously on this loop of going and you talk about your problems and then you leave and you, you're never unpacking them. You're just kind of maybe only taking off the bandaid or wiping off the makeup of it, but you're never really getting down to that shirt, right? You're never getting down to the you know deepest nakedness. And that's not to say of all counseling. It's just to say of some that can be what falls into, but in inner healing, you're really inviting the Holy Spirit to come in to make a difference in your life and to truly unpack this in a way to walk free, to walk free from this baggage. And I can say firsthand, this is something that I've done. Um, I had heard about inner healing a lot and it just seemed to be following me around. And so I, I purchased a book on it and I really prayed through it with the Lord. And really, it's it's letting the Lord come into places that we don't want to go again um, in our minds. And it's places that we don't want to unpack, but letting Him come in and heal us. And that is such a beautiful thing. It is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And letting God rewrite our identities so we don't have to carry around that poison and that burden anymore. And... It, it is scary. It's not an easy thing to do. But when you allow God in on those places that just really hurt, he can work wonders. So just like the man at the pool of Bethesda was healed in an important way, you know, he he had to ask for it and he had to say, this is what I want. And there's the verse in Matthew 6 where God says, you know, if 
if an earthly father, as evil as he can be, if his son comes to him and says, God, or Father, can I have some bread? The dad's not going to hand him a snake. And so in the same way, how much more will your heavenly father lavish upon you for the things that you ask? And that's not to say, oh, God, get, let me win the lottery. It's actually to say, God, I, I want to be able to walk free from this addiction, from this hurt, from this pain. And giving that to him. And it's not always instant. I, inner healing and any type of healing is going to take time. But allowing him in is the first step. And handing it to him and acknowledging it, that's the first step. And, you know, thinking about what if we handed him the key with the closets that hold all our skeletons. And as painful as that is, allowing him to take that on. Um, and so in, in the book, I talked about a really simple prayer that I said when I was talking about um, my own inner healing and the way that the Lord really helped me work through a lot of my own really deep issues that were really hard for me to talk about. And um, I began with a really simple prayer. I said, Dear Lord, I believe you can heal me. And Jesus, I want to be healed. I want you to come into my situation and heal me. These memories haunt me and they taunt me from moving forward in my life. I know you intended more for me and I know that you want more for me in life than just this. Will you not just bandage me, but would you heal me in Jesus' name? And so that was something that I just, I gave to the Lord. And he and I worked through a lot of my innermost pains and hurts. And that was a really hard thing to go through. And I talk about in the book a little bit, um, my own story in that. And, you know, going through, I've, I've spoken before about the eating disorder that I, I dealt with and that. Um, the Lord is continuously healing me from, I think that's a longer term healing. Um, but really handing that to him and through inner healing was able to really come down to the root and see that it wasn't that I had an eating disorder, like that, that wasn't this the total root of just me wanting to be skinny, but it was really a feeling of not feeling worthy. And a worthiness issue within myself. And once I was able to acknowledge that and see that so plainly and clearly, then I was able to walk forward in that and say, okay, I know how to better pray now because I want the Lord to help me to feel worthy of love and acceptance and um, be able to bear that. And that's, that's a really hard but beautiful thing when the Lord will take you through that and kind of un unveiling all of those really deep hidden things. It's like an onion, not to be Shrek, but it's like an onion when you're pulling off those layers and you're coming into those layers to get to that root. Once you get to that root and you see that root, it doesn't seem so scary anymore. And it's not that it can control you. And it's something that you can hand to God and say, okay, let's work on this. I have a hard time feeling worthy. Help me with it. And that is where that true change is going to come through. Um, I would talk about a other really vulnerable things in the book that I probably won't talk about on the podcast um, just for personal reasons and identity things for anybody listening. But um, it is in the book and I am open about it. I just don't feel led to share in this outlet. But there were a lot of things that the Lord worked out with me um, that really profoundly changed my life. And I was able to really walk free and, and look back and actually say, God, thank you that you didn't give me the things I wanted when I wanted them because you allowed this time for me to unpack this baggage and become a better version of myself. And 
I can now confidently walk in my identity and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But really unpacking all of that pain and that hurt was really the first step of that. So if you've not heard about inner healing um, or other forms of Christian counseling, I really do recommend it. It's, we live in an age and I'm thankful that things, it's not so taboo anymore. It's not like, oh, you're crazy because you need to go to a counselor. No, it's acknowledging that life is hard and that we need, we are broken people. We are broken, fallen people because of the fall. We do not live in the Eden where things were perfect. And so we need that help. Um, but really allowing the divine physician to come in and help heal us. And a lot of times he uses other people who have been trained in a way to assist in that. Um, but really looking at that, not that it is bad, but looking that in a way, God, thank you for that. That is a really beautiful thing that you're allowing in my life. And it's, you know, there's a lot of physical healing things, but it's also spiritual and our our spiritual eyes. You know, we talked about the man at the pool being healed so he could walk, but there's a spiritual side of it too, because we are mind, body, and spirit, right? And so I talk about in 2 Kings 6, um, Elisha is praying because his, his friend is seeing this army come to attack and he is just flipping out. And Alicia knows he can't see with his spiritual eyes. He's only seeing with his natural eyes. And so he prays over his friend to the Lord. And he says, Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And he's praying that the Lord would reveal to his friend what has been revealed to him. And that is the truth. And so a lot of times we fall into, we are only looking at things within the natural, within the logical, but what God loves to do most and every single Bible story you will ever read, you see a point in which God takes our logical in the natural, what we're seeing with black and white and God rips through it and says, eh, nope, I'm going to do the supernatural. I'm going to do the thing that doesn't make sense. I'm going to split the Red Sea. I'm going to do the things that don't make sense to anyone else and blow everybody's minds to show that I am God. And that is really the edification of the proof of God and that him just ripping through that and miracles. And that's a beautiful thing. And so Alicia's friend then sees that, yes, there's an army coming to fight them, but there are all these angels on the mountain fighting the army coming to attack them. So that was all going on, but he had to see it in his spirit, in the spiritual eyes. And he couldn't see that until God allowed him to see that. So praying that the Lord would help us to see things through his lens, we can actually see the full perspective and the greater truth and all of that. And that's a beautiful thing. Uh, And the last part in this chapter is, is talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness is such, I feel like you can't even walk into like a church and there's not like something on forgiveness. It's like such a hot topic and such a common thing um, the pastors really like to talk about. But it's because it is important. And when we have all of that unforgiveness and like those chips on our shoulders and we're like carrying that around, it, it's almost like we can't, it, we're weighing that so heavily that we can't even see and begin to shed things to get better for ourselves. We're so mad at someone else that we're so focused on that, that we don't even get to focus on ourselves and what making ourselves better. And we're holding on to all of that animosity. And that's not something that God wants us to do. So how do you begin in that? Well, acknowledge what the person did and acknowledge how it made you feel and how it impacted your life. That's honest. And that's okay. This person did me wrong. 
it affected my life in this way, and I see it how it stings. But I don't want this wound to define me. Because if I'm allowing what that person did to me to define me, then I'm totally giving up all power. And I'm saying, yep, they wounded me to the point where I can't go on anymore. And that's sad. You're giving away your power, giving away your strength. So acknowledging it, that's an ugly truth, and then allowing God to intertwine himself in that event and show his love and his grace and his transformative power, allow him to come into that dark pain and let the light outshine the darkness. And that is so evident. And it is possible to walk free from that trauma, from that abuse, from that hurt, and say, yes, I acknowledge that happened in my life, but I don't have to be defined by it. I'm not defined by that person. I'm still me because I've allowed Jesus to take it on. Remember, he wants to take on our yoke. He wants to take on our burdens. And realizing, too, a lot of times we've done stuff ourselves to other people that is not cool. Realizing that there's a plank in our own eye. And so instead of complaining about the specks in your brother's eye, realizing your own plank and saying, I've screwed up too. I've hurt people too. And I hope they can forgive me and they can move on with their lives and they can grow to be better and know the Lord better and and walk in that best version of themselves as you are striving to walk in the best version of yourself. That's why you see people who they've been through horrific events and they're like, how did you get through that? And it's God. And it doesn't really make any sense by logic, but that's because God likes to work and break through that logic. He likes to totally just bust through it, bust through the natural, the order of events that we think should happen in the logic. And he likes to say, nope, I'm God and I'm here and I'm showing up. And that is beautiful. That is a beautiful thing. So just as it goes with casting away anxiety, forgiveness might take time. You might have to keep handing it over daily until it's just, it's gone. And the Lord has totally taken that. So I encourage you, if you're holding on to that unforgiveness, ask the Lord to reveal to you what that event is and ask him to help you work through it and not allow it to define you and keep casting it upon the Lord until it's no longer an issue. Next week, we're going to go into um, depression and anxiety and kind of work through that and, and look at those pieces because those are... Um, those are thorns that tend to stay longer and can be harder to work through <clears throat> with inner healing, um, but they are good to acknowledge and bring up and help us acknowledge some of the things that we're dealing with in ourselves. So please stay tuned. Um, please let me know any comments or concerns or anything, and we'll keep you posted with things. Also, um, some speaking engagements coming up. I'll give announcements on that if you're in the Virginia area. And we'll just keep enjoying uh, going through this book and the things that the Lord is revealing. So, dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for just loving on us and bringing us in to deeper realms of yourself. Lord, I pray for each person listening that you would help them to unpack the baggage that they are carrying, that you would help them to acknowledge what those pieces are and to walk into this new life with you in their best life. I pray that even if they've been through horrific trauma, Lord, that you would heal them And you would help them to see that their lives are not defined by that trauma. Rather, their lives are defined by you. That they don't have to be victims. That they are victors because of you. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So please check out the book. It's on Amazon. uh, Coming to Barnes & Noble soon. Um, And let me know any requests that you guys have. Uh, We have 
up to so there's 10 chapters and unveiled so we are in week six now so afterwards um still working out some summer plans on what we'll be covering so let me know i love feedback on that and tell your friends about the podcast um try and get the word out a little bit and god bless